when witches go riding and black cats are seen, the moon laughs and whispers, "'Tis near Halloween." If you like to learn, but lack enough time, to locate the reason or translate the rhyme, with magical knowledge from ancient tomes on the shelf, I bring Halloween topics to geek thyself. Hello everyone, I'm Heather and I'll be your host for this podcast. Halloween is my favorite holiday and my favorite spooky time of the year. So park your broom at the door and listen for a spell as I brew up some Halloween topics for this week and the rest of October. everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. So I'm continuing on the Halloween theme for the month of October, and this week I'm going to talk about something that's very important to keep in mind during this holiday, and that's safety tips. Now, Halloween has become a holiday to go out and celebrate, and for some people there's drinking, there's costuming, there's lots and lots of sugar and candy. It's meant to be a lot of fun, and maybe a little creepy depending on how you like to celebrate it. If you want party tips, you can check out last week's episode, and if you want to learn more about the origins of Halloween, you can check out episodes 31, which talks about Halloween traditions, and episode 22, which talks about the origins of Halloween as a holiday. But regardless of its origins, like I said, it's now a day to celebrate. Kids dress up in costume. There's lots of sugar and candy and sweetness. Sometimes scariness, if that's how you like to celebrate it. And you just have fun. And along the way, there are things you need to keep in mind for safety reasons. Now, adults and children during this holiday have two very separate sets of safety concerns. For anyone who's listening with children present, I'm going to start with some safety tips for children as they go trick-or-treating and having fun with their friends, and then I'm going to go into adult safety precautions at the end. So starting off with children, obviously every kid wants to dress up as something awesome and amazing for Halloween, and that's part of the fun. That's one of the best parts about Halloween for kids is getting to pick out their costume and make it what they want and just have fun with it and try to outdo their friends and have an amazing time with it. Like that's part of the celebration. That's part of the holiday. However, unfortunately, some of those costumes, especially first ones that come to mind are things like ninjas and witches, often involve a lot of black clothing. The problem with this is that Halloween and trick-or-treating in particular are done usually at night. That's usually when it's celebrated. So during the day, if they're celebrating with friends, or if you happen to live in an area where it stays light out longer into the night, then you may not have to worry about this as much. But if your child is wearing a darker colored costume, even if it's not black, if it's just darker colored, you have to worry about safety as they're traveling and trick-or-treating with friends. Sorry about that. My cats are wrestling a little bit in the background. Um, But like I said in a previous episode, for all of October, I'm leaving in the cat meows that I usually would edit out or re-record around, simply because it's semi-Halloween themed to have cat noises going on in the background. I apologize if it drives anyone crazy. I promise I'll go back to editing them out after Halloween. 
Moving on. So dark costumes for Halloween, they can be a lot of fun. I myself have gone as a witch before. One of my go-to costumes as an adult is a black cat because I work at a cat hospital. I can wear black scrubs, put on some ears and a tail, and I'm a black cat. It's super easy. Also, I love cats. But the problem is that anytime you're wearing dark clothing and going out at night trick-or-treating, you have to worry about whether or not the cars are going to see you. I would like to think that universally, most adults are a little more careful driving at night on Halloween because they know children are out and about running around in costumes. But there are people out there who may not be as vigilant. There are young teens who've just gotten their licenses. And while I'm sure they're trying to pay attention, they're not used to necessarily having to pay that much attention to the risk of a child running out in the street in front of them. And obviously, go with your children trick-or-treating. That's the safest. Or if you're not going to go, make sure they have an adult with them that you trust to be responsible with their safety. However, specifically, the first safety tip I'm going to be talking about is some sort of reflective or light-emitting device. There's a lot of different options. They have brightly colored vests, so depending on your child's costume, you could purposely use some sort of material that's reflective so that their costume looks amazing, but it reflects light back at the drivers when their headlights hit them. That's a great way to do it. If your kid's going as a ninja, maybe they have some sort of reflective material on their headband, or a lot of times those ninja costumes have some sort of sash around them or some sort of weapon, give them a light-up glow stick sword instead of a regular one and tell them to leave it on. There's things like that you can do that will make their costume pop so that they don't feel like they're having to compromise whatever their costume is. They'll think it looks great, but also it helps protect them with their safety issues. Another thing you could do is make sure that whatever bag or basket or whatever you give them to collect candy in is reflective. In my experience, most kids don't care that much about what their bag looks like as long as it serves its purpose and doesn't look really goofy compared to their costume. So, you know, if your kid is dressed up as a ninja or a witch, they might not want a unicorn bag. It's That's a possibility. But if you get them some sort of bag that has maybe, I don't know, Frankenstein, on it or some sort of image of Frankenstein, but the green on the bag is reflective or neon or whatever, something like that, or glows in the dark. Anything like that. Just give them something that's reflective or glows so that people can see them more easily. It's a very easy way to maintain their safety. And as you can tell, Mowgli agrees with me. Another thing you can do for either gender, they make a lot of glow necklaces and glow bracelets. They're the same type of material and idea as a glow stick, but instead of just being a stick that might look a little weird with their costume, it's a piece of jewelry. And like I said, I've seen necklaces, I've seen bracelets, I've seen rings. Also, again, for like a princess or a fairy costume, I know for a fact that they make glow stick wands. I've seen them at the Dollar Tree before. So those are another thing you could get that's an easy way for your kid to maintain, I mean, their kids. So authenticity may be not what they're going for, but just to maintain the awesomeness of their costume while still giving them something that will make them stand out to vehicles and passerbys so that you don't have to worry as much about their safety in that regard. 
Along those same lines, things like flashlights are never a bad thing to give them as they're heading out. Even if it's just like a really small one that has a little wristband, they can keep it on them and then in case they need the light, they've got it available. That's another safety precaution that's an easy thing to do. You can find them at Target, you can find them at grocery stores sometimes. They're usually not horribly expensive. And then you know they have some light source on them just in case they're having trouble seeing where they're going, especially with so many kids running around that night. And that brings me to my next topic for child-related safety at Halloween. I would recommend, personally, giving your child something that makes them stand out from the crowd. Now, whether that means you buy them some sort of unique crown or, you know, some sort of special prop that goes with their costume, that's up to you. And it's also going to depend on how populated your area is. If you're in an area that you know does not get a lot of trick-or-treaters or is less populated, so there's just not going to be as many children, then it may not be as big an issue. But if you're in any major city, especially if you're actually going trick-or-treating instead of to some sort of party, it could be possible to lose your child in the crowd. And not even anything sinister like another person taking them, but just simply the fact that there are so many kids, it might be hard for them to keep track of you and for you to keep track of them. So some sort of object that lets them stand out in the crowd is going to help. Another thing you can also do along those same lines is make sure that you have something on that makes you stand out in the crowd. Now that doesn't mean you need to go walking down the street in a bright neon vest. Honestly, your kids would probably hate that because they'd be embarrassed by it. But, you know, maybe you go in some sort of costume that makes you stand out. Or maybe you have some sort of prop. Like, you can go with a big black cloak and carry some sort of gigantic plastic scythe to be some sort of death or reaper. But, you know, paint your scythe with some sort of glow-in-the-dark paint. You can go to the store and get spray paint and spray paint it whatever color you want. You know, make it stand out. And then your kid, if they get separated from you in the crowd, can look up and say, Oh, there's mom's scythe. There's dad's scythe. I just have to go over there and they can go find you. It gives them a way to locate you and potentially a way for you to locate them depending on how you plan it out. Obviously, depending on costumes and locations and what you're willing to dress up as, this could alter what works best for you, but it's an option to make it easier to keep track of your child and have them track you through the crowd as well. Another good option is go in pairs. If you have a good friend that your kid wants to go trick-or-treating with their kid, or if you have, you know, a couple of neighbors who all have kids around the same age that go trick-or-treating together, then have more than one adult go. Now, some people like to host parties and things like that, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be watching a large group of children, which honestly, personally, at Halloween, I feel like watching more than two kids is a lot of work. So if you're watching a huge group of kids, you know, if it's one adult to like five or six kids, it's going to be really hard to keep track of all of them. And the likelihood is that they're going to be different ages. So if that's the case, having multiple adults is definitely going to make your life easier. Now, obviously, you might have to deal with things like, oh, you know, one of the parents that was supposed to do it got sick or something like that. But this is child safety. So if it's at all possible, having multiple adults there to watch a larger group of children is going to be a big, big help and definitely a lot safer for the kids. Another thing I recommend is... Be careful with which candies you let the kids eat. 
I hate to say it, but unfortunately there are people out there who don't do nice things. And even if it's not the adult handing out the candy, it could be another kid who's trying to pull a prank or something. But just, you know, kids don't always fully process all of the repercussions of their pranks. So what they might think is a prank could actually hurt somebody, especially, you know, food allergies. That's a big one. Pay attention to food allergies if your kids have them. I'm sure you already do. But obviously at Halloween, that's a big thing. And if your child is young, you may not even want to go trick-or-treating because little kids are not going to be as good at tracking what they're putting in their mouths. And they're not going to be as good about tracking what their friends are eating. So, you know, for example, a child with a really, really bad peanut allergy if they're trick-or-treating with a bunch of their friends and one of their friends eats a Reese's peanut butter cup and then, you know, little kids kiss each other and hug each other, something like that could have a very negative effect on a child who is very sensitive to peanuts. So things like that need to be kept in mind. I'm sure that parents who have children with those kinds of allergies are already doing that, but if it's something you hadn't thought of as a friend of one of those parents, then I recommend keeping it in mind. If that's the situation you're in, maybe you guys could have a Halloween party at your house instead and, you know, do allergy-safe treasure hunts where the kids go find the hidden candies and treats, which are all safe for everyone at the party. There's things like that you can do where the kids still get to experience Halloween, but they're doing it safely and in a more controlled environment so you don't have to worry about what they're getting into. Beyond food allergies, there's also the fact that a lot of people, well, not a lot anymore, I don't think, but there were at one time people who would do homemade Halloween treats. So things like the popcorn balls, which personally I never cared for all that much, but I know some people love them. But popcorn balls and other candies that can be unwrapped really easily, I know are still things that some parents have concerns about, and it's understandable why they would, because not everyone out there is a good person. So if those are the kinds of things that you're worried about, I would recommend keeping a close eye on your child while they're trick-or-treating and making sure to check the bag when you get home. All of their candy, you can look it over and you can pull out the things that you think might be a little too much of a risk or just not quite as safe. I know personally, when I was a kid growing up, at least the Halloweens I can remember, my parents would have me and my brother plop down in the living room. The adults that had come to hang out would be watching, and he and I would start sorting through our candy with our parents watching. And we were only allowed to eat the candies they told us we could, which was a good way to keep us from overdoing it, because, you know, we were kids. We probably would have. But also, it meant that if we came across one that wasn't wrapped well or that was unwrapped like a popcorn ball type of situation, they could step in and say, no, that goes in the toss pile. So we had a pile where all the candy we had to get rid of was, and then we had all the candy we were allowed to keep. And that was an easy way to do it, especially if you have young children and the grandparents or uncles and aunts or whatever are coming over to celebrate it with you and see the costumes. That's a great way to do it because it's like a family event, you know. People can sit on the floor with the kids. You can all sort through the candy together. The kids can eat a few pieces before you put them to bed because by that point they're probably exhausted. There's a lot of things you can do that can make it fun but also safe and a way for you to control it without making them feel necessarily like they're being forced into being controlled in terms of what they get. It's just an idea. It worked well when I was a kid. Uh, I have been told by some of my friends that my brother and I were apparently abnormally well-behaved children in some regards. So depending on your child, maybe it wouldn't work well, but it's an option. 
And then moving on with safety tips for kids, one of the things I want to mention is that older children obviously have a slightly different gamut of safety concerns. Now, they are still children. They're not legal adults yet or anything like that. But depending on the kind of activities that your middle schooler or teenager likes to get up to on Halloween, you might have other concerns. Obviously, if there's someone having a party, if you're able to, knowing at least where the house is, even if the kids won't tell you exactly who's going to be there. At least if you know where the house is, then if there's any trouble, you know how to get there. Making sure, I mean, nowadays we have cell phones, so, you know, obviously making sure they're going to have their cell phone with them, making sure you have at least a couple of their friends' phone numbers so that you have backup numbers to call in case you can't get through to your child for some reason. That's an easy thing to do, especially if your kid is going with a couple of really close friends. Getting their number is not a bad idea anyway for just any future concerns if the kids are out and you need to get a hold of them for some reason. Another safety concern for teenagers that I touched on briefly earlier is car safety because there's a lot of teenagers who either are driving around with permits or are new drivers and just got their licenses, especially in sort of the high school range, obviously, that's a concern. Hopefully, they're being responsible and careful, but one potential safety concern is driving safety at night, especially if they haven't driven a lot at night yet. You may want to consider either giving them a lift or, you know, at least making sure that you are comfortable with your child's night driving before Halloween because there's a lot of people and children out at night and if your child has no experience with driving at night, things look very different. I know from personal experience even, the first few times I drove at night, I was glad I had my parents with me because I wasn't used to the way the streetlights worked versus daylight. It was harder to read some of the street signs. If I wasn't in an area I knew well, I would have been a little concerned that I might have missed a stop sign or a stoplight or something like that just because of the difference in how everything looked. So knowing that, moving ahead for teenagers, it's a good idea to maybe if you know they're going somewhere at night and it's going to be the first time or so, Take them yourself, go with them, or at least make sure they've driven at night with you a few times so that they start getting a feel for it, especially if they're brand new to driving. I believe the current driving laws, at least in California, would prevent a brand new permitted driver from driving with any friends or driving at night after a certain point. That's how it was when I got mine, but I don't know how much they've changed the rules since then. If anything, they're probably stricter. But it's still something to keep in mind and really kind of review with your kid before they go. Also, a risk that honestly you unfortunately don't have a lot of control over is the fact that there's a lot of adults and even some kids, depending on how sneaky they are, that drink on Halloween. This is unfortunate because it does mean that the risk of some sort of drunk driving accident goes up. And it's something you should definitely talk to your driving age children about before they go out. I'd assume you probably already have, hopefully ad nauseum, because the more they hear it, the better. But there's also the problem that even if your kids don't do anything, you do run the risk of something happening with another person. So making sure that they stay really vigilant when they're driving, if they're going to be on the freeway and they see a car swerving around it all, don't drive next to that car. 
you know, make sure you know exactly where you're going, review the route so that you know where the turns are and can pay attention to people. There's a lot of things like that, especially if they're going anywhere into a busier driving area, like a downtown area for any reason. Making sure that they're extra careful while they're driving is a good idea. With that, we're going to go into our break and I'll be back at the end with some adult safety tips for Halloween. Okay, everyone, so I want to start off this mid-roll by talking about the upcoming Nerdsgiving. You heard me right, Nerdsgiving. Starting November 1st, Nerdsmith is hosting and sort of organizing a charity event in support of the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is a crisis prevention and suicide prevention group that focuses on LGBTQ plus youth. The Trevor Project has a lot of great programs, including things like Trevor Space, where they basically have an online forum for kids to talk to each other or adults when they need help. There's a place where LGBTQ youth and allies can find answers to frequently asked questions. They've got a support center, an online chat, a hotline. They've got a lot of different programs. And if you want to find out more, there's different ways that you can help support the Trevor Project with us for Nerdsgiving. If you want to join the team with your family or your show or any group that you might be a part of that you think would want to be a part of this particular endeavor, then you can go to give.thetrevorproject.org slash team slash 193083 and click the join team link to set up your own donation link and become a part of Nerds Giving. We really, really want to give back to the LGBTQ youth. We realize that it's incredibly important to support future generations. And here at Nerdsmith, we have a lot of members who are part of the LGBTQ plus community and we want to show our support for them as well as support the future generations of those youths who don't always get everything they need. Beyond joining the team, you can also support with stuff, either online or in-person physical merchandise. We do take donations and we're, we're going to be doing some giveaways for some of the donors, so having objects like that is very useful as well. You can send anything like that to Nerdsmith at 710 Missouri Street, Suite 1, Fairfield, California, 94533. There's also ways you can support just with donations if you don't have the time to, to make a team or if you're not sure what items you could donate but you would like to support it with some sort of monetary donation, you can go to nerdsmith.org Trevor and follow the donate links to support whatever team is participating that you want to. And lastly, but not least at all, you can spread the word. Just word of mouth talking about the Trevor Project and Nerds Giving and all of the different endeavors we're trying to do and support will help immensely. The more people know about the Trevor Project and Nerds Giving, the better our chances of meeting and exceeding the goals we've set for ourselves in terms of fundraising. So please keep your ears open. We're going to be starting that November 1st. I'm going to be talking about it again probably next week. And also next week is coming my special Halloween episode where I'm going to be reading a Halloween book instead of talking about a different topic. 
so it's gonna be a little different and it's probably gonna be a little longer so if that's a problem for you then I'm sorry it is going to be a child-friendly book it's designed for ages 9 to 12 so if you listen to this show with your children it's still family-friendly content and you can still listen to it with them and with that let's get back into Halloween safety tips Okay, so sorry about that. The mid-roll went a little longer than I meant it to, but I really, really wanted to talk about The Trevor Project because they're an amazing group. Moving on with more adult safety tips. So one I've already somewhat touched on, which is people drink on Halloween. So if you are out there driving anywhere or if you yourself are planning to drink, please take alcohol safety into consideration. I mean, first of all, Please don't drink yourself to the point where you actually risk alcohol poisoning. That's a problem. Don't do it. That's bad. The other thing, of course, is if you think you're going to need to be driving anywhere, you should probably either not drink at all or, you know, maybe consume a single drink at the very beginning of the night and then stick to things like soda and water. You know, make sure you are sober before you drive. Ideally, don't drink at all if you're going to be the driver. Alternatively, if you really want to drink and go out with your buddies and have fun, that's fine, but take safety into consideration and, you know, preemptively make sure that you have Lyft or a taxi or Uber or whatever program you want to use that somebody else drives you. Make sure you have that ready to go so that you can dial them up when you need to and get a ride safely. Also keep in mind, though, if that's how you're going to be getting home, that there are going to be a lot of other people probably doing the same thing. And so if you need to, you may need to pre-plan or pre-schedule your Lyft or Uber, however you want to do it, if you know that you need to leave by a certain time. This particular Halloween falls on a Wednesday in 2018. So hopefully, unless you have Thursday off, you're not drinking too heavily because you are going to have to be able to get to work the next day or school or whatever you may be doing. So definitely take that into consideration if you're going to go partying. Make sure you've got a driver set up if you're going to drink. If you're not going to drink and you're going to be the driver, then please make sure you're sober before you get behind the wheel. Along those same lines, this particular safety tip is more for women, though I know it can be an issue for men as well. I personally have experience with it as a woman being a concern, so that's more where I'm coming from with it. But I do understand that men also have to pay attention to this. And that's, unfortunately, less than stellar company. Um, I try to keep this show family-friendly, so I really don't want to go into details. But essentially, having someone force themselves on you. Now, whether that means they're attacking you with some sort of knife to take your money, or whether that means they're slipping something in your drink and doing other things, there are safety concerns. Now, if you are out walking around at night for any reason, whether it's downtown or in your neighborhood or anything like that, I do recommend that you don't be alone as much as possible. So friends, if you know that one person lives further away from you or something like that, plan to sleep over. Stay in pairs, at minimum stay in pairs because there is safety in numbers. So if someone is going to try something, they're less likely to do it if there's more than one person. Another thing I would recommend is... Don't go down any pathways that aren't well lit and don't go anywhere that you're not familiar with. Now, hopefully you won't be drinking so much that you forget to take these things into consideration. I think most people do anyway, 
But if you're a little tipsy, you know, hopefully one of your friends will keep an eye on you and make sure you don't make one of these mistakes. Another thing I want to say, and it's important to me to say this, is that I am in no way, shape, or form trying to say that if someone does get attacked on Halloween, that it's their fault. It should not be something where anyone in our society, male or female, has to be concerned that because they're tipsy, someone's going to take advantage of them, or that because they went down a dark alley, someone's going to jump them. But unfortunately, there are people out there who don't care. There are people out there who are not scrupulous. They're not good people. They don't have integrity. They're going to jump you or they're going to try to force themselves on you. There's a lot of possibilities of those things happening. And there are safety things we can do and take into consideration that can help prevent it. I think it sucks that we have to even take them into consideration, but it's there. And so these are some tips based off that. I do not ever think it's the victim's fault. Regardless of what happens, it is not the victim's fault because no matter what position they put themselves into, the person that attacked them is the one who chose to do it. So it is the attacker's fault. But there are things we can do to try to keep ourselves safe. Stay in pairs. Don't walk around by yourself, especially if you know you're going to be drinking. Try to stay in areas you know. Try to stay in well-lit areas. If you plan to drink heavily, then please just keep the standard safety concerns in mind. Most adults, I think, by the time they get to the point where they're drinking age and or out partying on Halloween, have at least a basic grasp on things that you should keep in mind when you're drinking and how to keep yourself safe. So follow those basic rules. That's step number one. Make sure you have a driver that's going to be sober. Step number two. Or possibly number one and then put the other number two. Either way, you should do both. And then... Also, unfortunately, there is, like I mentioned, with teenage drivers, still the risk of, you know, people being drunk who aren't following those safety tips and then can cause accidents and problems. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If you're going to be in an area where you think there's going to be high traffic and you're worried about something like that happening, then maybe try to find a way to walk from somewhere that's safer or go party somewhere else if you're really concerned about your safety in that area. There's usually a lot of options. Another thing you could do is host the party yourself. My entire last episode was about ways you can host an awesome Halloween party. So if you have safety concerns about going out as an adult on Halloween, then you can just throw the party at your house. You know, have your good friends over, watch some scary movies, drink and be crazy in your costumes. You know, I don't know, uh, pull a prank on the pizza delivery guy when he brings your pizza. Preferably not something horrible. Those guys work hard. Don't treat them like crap. But, you know, there's things you can do at home that are just as much fun as going out and drinking. Or you can drink at home with your friends. It just depends on what you want to do. But keep the safety tips you already know in mind, despite the fact that it's a holiday. Another thing I will say for adult safety on Halloween is something that I said back with children's safety as well. But... Wear something reflective or wear something that's going to make you stand out. Even adults, especially if you're out partying with friends and not paying attention or, or drinking, depending on how you like to party, if you don't have something bright on or if you're wearing something that doesn't reflect light, like for example, some sort of Catwoman costume or something where you're in all black and it's not always reflective depending on which Catwoman costume you're wearing. You're going to blend in with everything at night because of all the darkness and 
the lack of light. So make sure you have something that's going to make you stand out so people see you. Just like a kid can get hit because they're wearing a dark ninja costume, you can get hit because you're wearing a black cat costume. You just, you have to keep those things in mind as a safety precaution. And again, they make light up bracelets. You could make it part of your costume. If you're going to a club or something, having a light up necklace or a light up bracelet can even go along with the theme of going to a club for a party. There's a lot of options, but keep them in mind and, you know, do what works for you, but take your safety into consideration. Another thing I want to mention, and I hate that it's even a thing I have to mention, but if you are going to some sort of big party and you're concerned that someone may try to slip something in your drink, they do make different ways for you to detect this now. There's things, um, I know, I think it was someone over at Harvard or Yale or somebody, they created a nail polish where if you dip your finger into the drink and it, your nail polish will turn a color in the presence of Rohypnol. And obviously things like don't take drinks from strangers, keep your drink on you, don't set it down, you know, friends, keep an eye on friends. There's all sorts of things like that, which I'm sure all of you already know. But just if you're out partying and there's a lot of people, keep that extra in mind, especially on a holiday when sometimes people like to party a little harder. So with that, I'm going to close out this episode. I hope some of the safety tips are useful Again, like I've said already a couple of times, I assume most of the adults listening have already thought of or dealt with some of the adult safety concerns that I mentioned. Some of the kid ones I'm hoping maybe will help you come up with ideas for your kids' costumes, especially if they're dark colored, that will help them stand out or help you find them and keep track of them during the holiday and as they're running around trick-or-treating with their friends. And with that, I will be back next week to talk to you, well, actually, to read to you. And in case you don't listen to that episode, here's me wishing you a happy Halloween. Thank you for joining me for one of our spooktastic episodes for this Halloween season. Please remember to check out all of the other wonderful shows and productions at nerdsmith.org. As always, you can find me at amethyst underscore magic, and that's magic with a CK on Twitter. I'll be back next week with another spooky Halloween topic for the rest of October. And until then, please remember to geek thyself. In a world that's forgotten the meaning of hero. We're not actually helping that much. It's like a cardboard box. It's all old and kind of ratty. Um, I believe there might be some mistake. I said proctor equipment. Yeah, no, this this is it. Bronze badge, lost and found. Here you go. Mm. <laughs> and the arrow didn't hit bone, so you can reuse it. Reuse the bone? We're looking for a dragon named the Scottish Play. There's only so much that editing can do. <laughs> Is there someone else we can talk to? Nobody quite as cheerful as Robin. You mean they get worse? And more privileged, yes. Stone Coast Railway, Cal! <laughs> Come to Stone Coast Railway! Come on, Cal! He seemed excited by the prospect. He was, and then he found out that it devalues the painting, and that kind of broke his heart a little bit. His little heart a little bit. <laughs> yeah, how's that feel? Take that. 
bad. <laughs> Talk? Was that? Oh no! Was there was there a joke was, in there, yeah. Kyle? Did no. you want to? You no, wanna, I'm fine. Do you want to take another swing at that one? Shenanigans, an actual play D and D podcast, available on nerdsmith.org or wherever you get your podcasts.